Hey everyone, my name is Michelle and welcome to Romcom Weekly. Today, my friend Ming is back on the pod and we're talking about the movie Hitch. Hi Ming. Hello. Thanks again for coming back on the podcast. Okay, so a few things about this movie. It was released in February of 2005. It's directed by Andy Tennant, written by Kevin Bish. It stars Will Smith, Eva Mendez, and Kevin James. The IMDb.com summary is, A smooth-talking man falls for a hardened columnist while helping a shy accountant woo a beautiful heiress. It has a 6.6 on IMDb, and it made more than $371 million worldwide. A fun fact of this movie is that as of 2019, this movie is the third highest grossing rom-com, which is wild. Yeah, that's (laughs) crazy. All right, Ming, first question for you is, what would you rate this movie on a scale from 1 to 10? I think I would agree with IMDb, about like a 6.5. I would say it's above average in terms of like scales. I was was doing between 6.5 and 7, so in that range. I think it's an enjoyable movie that has a lot of rewatchability, but I don't think it's like groundbreaking by any means over like, it's like amazing to be above like eight or nine to tens. So I a hundred percent agree with you. I am giving this actually a 6.5 as well. And you literally said everything that I wrote down is that it's a really rewatchable film and it's entertaining, but yeah. it's just like really predictable, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But, you know, I'll get into it a little bit later. But yeah, this movie is, it's fine. It's good. It's entertaining. Yeah, that's what I say. Like, it's its not like a, for me, like a five is like average so-so, like, you know, okay movie. Mm-hmm. But I think it's definitely good, but it's not great. So that's why I was like seven or six. So I kind of split the difference at 6.5. Yeah, that's a good assessment. I think that's how I, I came up with my score as well. In terms of specifics, what are some things you like about this movie? So I think definitely the rewatchability. It was on TV for so long, so like I would, yes. you know, whenever you're bored, you just watch it. You can just jump right in, know exactly when it is. So definitely lots of rewatchability. It's still entertaining, even though like you know it's going to happen. But I feel like Will Smith's character is easy to watch and fun. And then also it's just because at the end of the day, it's kind of a fun and sweet movie that just it's just lighthearted and easy to watch. Yeah. That's true. I think as I was, you know, watching this movie, it was really enjoyable. I hadn't watched it or rewatched it in a really long time. So I rewatched this yesterday for the first time, like from beginning to end. And as you said, it's on TV a lot. So sometimes I'll just like watch 15 minutes or like the last 20 minutes of the movie. I feel like I have this movie actually kind of committed to memory. It was rewatched a lot because I have a younger brother who I think really liked Will Smith. So this was like a movie that we watched a lot growing up. Will Smith, obviously, he's like so Will Smith in this movie. He's just charming and entertaining. He's like silly, but confident. He really kind of gets to play a lot of things as this guy, Alex Hitchens. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really put two and two together, but it's a black lead and a Latina lead. Yeah, it was groundbreaking for the time. Like that was one thing I noted that like having two minority leads was a huge deal like 15 yeah. years ago, 16 years ago now. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. You know, because you look back at these rom-coms, I'm sure you're seeing just like white, 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 white. So. Yeah, I'm really glad that it's two diverse leads. However, it's actually in one of my trivia points, which I'll I'll fast forward to now. According to Will Smith, the female lead was supposed to be Caucasian, but producers didn't want to make the lead couple interracial with black and white. They thought Mm. it was a little too taboo. 
But then they also didn't want a black female lead because they thought it would alienate white audiences from seeing this movie. So they went Mm. with a Hispanic lead, which (laughs) I wish I didn't know that trivia because that kind of makes me a little sad. Like 2005, as you say, it's 16 years ago now. It doesn't seem like 16 years ago or that long ago. And so that makes me a little sad that this was like a concern that, you know, a black man and a white woman was considered taboo for a mainstream rom-com. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the things I like rewatching it. Similar to you, like, I've seen, like, clips of it all the time on TV. But, like, yesterday was kind of the first day rewatching it from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely some, like, moments in it where I'm like, yeah, that didn't age well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and are like, oh, that's definitely showing the times. Like you said, it doesn't seem like it's been 16 years ago. But then you rewatch it and you see, like, the phones they use and the computers <laughs> yeah. they use. You're like, yep, that's 16 years ago. <laughs> they don't have yeah. that anymore. A hundred percent, yeah. So this character of Alex Hitchens, I think it could have gone south really fast, but I think they do a good job of framing Hitch to be like a genuine guy and not sleazy Yeah, as this date doctor. And the flashback of when we get to see, you know, why he becomes a date doctor is because he had his heart broken in college. And so, yeah, I like that they kind of gave him a backstory and made him very genuine from the beginning. Yeah, I think, like, the first act of the movie is just get you, like, hooked in, right? So it shows how smooth he is with, like, you know, different couples. It shows him at the bar with his friend, like, mm-hmm. you know, picking up girls. And you're just like, wow, you instantly, amazingly just, like, be like, I like this guy. I want to be this guy. And then, you know, the second and third act is kind of said, like, predictable. Yeah. But still, like, his charm and personality from those that first act just hooks you into the movie. You want to just keep going because he's just so entertaining to watch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And... I feel like I'm a broken record about movies made in New York City, but this movie is actually filmed in New York City. And I always, always appreciate that fact when a movie takes place in that city and is filmed there. Yeah, like they have like the Wall Street Bull, like they're in, on Ellis Island, like they're on yeah. like some major parts. I should, I feel like I'm always a little bit surprised when a movie is actually filmed in the city that it's supposed to be taking place in. So, you know, that's just my thing. Yeah. No, I feel like as a person that's lived in New York for a long time, I'm sure that's that stands out a lot. Because, yeah, even when I see things filmed in Chicago, like, I'm like, oh, I've been there. <laughs> or like, yeah. I walk past that all the time. Yeah. And then, like, I'm sure, you know, you also live in a big city. It's like you start to poke holes. It's like, why would they be here? But they're driving the wrong direction. And this place is nowhere near this other place. It's just something that I always pick up on. Yeah. If I ever watch any of the Chicago series, like Fire, PD, whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm like, there's no way they can get from there to there in that amount of time. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because, like, obviously, when we sit down and watch any kind of movie, you you must put some disbelief aside. But then when you can't make, like, I don't know, film choices of geography, it just takes me out of it a little bit more. Which, it sounds silly, maybe, but... Yeah. I mean, I pick up on, like, the financial aspect of it. Because I was, like, laughing whenever you watched it. I was like, yep business is good i mean he lives in this massive apartment (laughs) (laughs) especially like in new york city and like so does she like she lives in a massive place too and oh my gosh yes it's like actually a wtf for me i'm like there's no way a gossip columnist is living in such a huge loft yep i did i wrote the exact same thing i was like how the hell does she afford that and also like part of me was like how does he afford it because obviously he's a consultant for the guy right so Mm -hmm. like I'm sure the guy has to, he has to pay something, right? But then, like, what is it, like a monthly charge? Like, does the future wife, like, not see this monthly charge every month being like, 
huh, what is this giant expense going out the door each month? Like, what is this? She's like, oh, don't worry right? about it. Like, I'm sure like, you know, <laughs> that should be pretty obvious. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's actually one of my questions um, is how much do you think Hitch charges for his services? I was trying to think about this. I was like, he lives very comfortably. He dresses pretty stylishly. Obviously, he has to keep up appearances and like know where the cool places are and all that stuff. And I was like, but he must not charge hourly because it seems like he and Albert are just like hanging out in certain scenes. But he must be charging per hour because he's a consultant. So, yeah. and I, I kind of came up with this very random number. I was like, do you think two fifty an hour makes sense? I mean, consultants can charge way more than that. But I mean, I'm just trying to think of how people can afford it. Because I mean, Albert's supposed to be like a junior accountant on that role. Right. And even like some of his other folks, like the people in the beginning, like we don't know what they do for a living, but like one of them is like really into theater. I don't know what he does in real life. Mm. I mean, two fifty an hour, like times however many hours, like even if that's the baseline, like that's just crazy amount of money. Like how does someone afford that basically? Yeah. And like, I guess it maybe it's a case by case situation too. Like maybe some, you know, Joe Schmo might need more hours to be ready versus another guy. So yeah, I don't know. I just found myself asking that question. I was like, how did he afford this amazing apartment? Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, how is Albert still paying him <laughs> and like doing his normal life and doing everything else? Because he's just like, he quit his job, right? So I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, how is he affording this? Like, and living in New York City and paying Hitch, like however much it is. So I'm just That's like, a really good none point. of this makes sense. <laughs> but it's like I said, it's a movie. Everyone in movies and TVs have like, giant places and they can like live normally just because mm -hmm, otherwise mm -hmm. they can't film in real life for sure are there other things that you like about the movie uh i like the soundtrack i like listen oh, back yeah. to some of the some of the songs and i was like huh i totally didn't realize that like it was sung by certain people like ooh we was from like mark ronson and like this is like mm. 16 years ago so this is before like mark ronson hit it big with bruno mars i was like oh wow who knew that that was from so long ago that he was still making good music like and also just like some of the music they play, they have like Usher, yeah. I'm like, oh man, it's like nostalgic <laughs> to be like, oh, that, that was that was popular 16 years ago. I know, that really brought me back. I forgot about that song. That was a moment in time, that Usher song, for sure. Yeah, that song has been danced to for many, many, many years. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, I'm glad that you mentioned Mark Ronson because obviously, I, I mean, not obviously, but he's become a much bigger name now, but totally didn't know him like as by, by name 15 years ago. Yeah. I agree with you. The soundtrack was pretty awesome. I, I was looking at the soundtrack on Spotify and um, like A. Marie, you know, like she does that song One Thing, which is yep. part of the, I think, the end credits. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a, it was a nice throwback. Yeah, and even just looking back at some of these folks, because I mean, that movie 16 years ago, so like you can see starring Will Smith, Eva Mendez, and Kevin James, but like some of the supporting cast ended up getting a lot bigger roles. Like you have like uh, Paula Patton is in there for like that beginning scene where she's just supposed to be like the hot girl, but she ends up being in like Mission Impossible. Yeah, like, yeah. This was her film debut, apparently. Yeah, you have the Vance, who's like the jerk, who ends up being like the star of Burn Notice. You have like other people who are like, you're like, oh, wow. Like one of the guys in the beginning, Otto, he hit it big and altered carbon. Like I was like, oh, wow. Like 16 years later, I see him on Netflix. I'm like, it's crazy. He was just like a random dude. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know about that one. But um, in terms of supporting cast, Eva Mendez, whose character name is Sarah, her boss is played by this guy named Adam Arkin. His character's name is Max. 
but mm-hmm. he was on the West Wing for a few episodes. And I was like, oh, these, yeah, just a lot of like oddly familiar faces, names I, do- I might not know. But I was like, oh, I've seen them in other things before. Yeah. And you like, you know, you realize like every actor gets to start somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like Paula Penn was just the hot girl at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> like literally that's probably her title. And she's on Mission Impossible. I'm like, oh, wow. Good for her. So are there things that you didn't like about this movie? Uh, I think I, I kind of alluded to a little bit in the beginning. I feel like some things just don't age well. Like yeah. I was kind of laughing at like the very beginning because like they show like three couples getting together. It's like white and white, black and black, and then a white dude and an Asian girl. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> why did they have to do that? I was like, it couldn't just be two Asian guys like, or an Asian guy and like an Asian girl or, you mm. know, or it could be like, a gay couple. Like who knows, you know, but like they had to do like the white guy and the Asian girl. I was like, Ugh, it's so stereotypical. I, I forgot about that until I rewatched it. And I was like, in 2021, glasses on a 20, 2005 movie. I'm like, yep, the toy wouldn't fly nowadays. But that was just annoying. That's interesting. You know, I didn't actually catch that. And I'm kind of wondering why I didn't catch that. I think maybe I was just like, oh, an Asian woman. And I think that's maybe where <laughs> the interest ended. I was just like, oh, I'm glad that there's some diversity right from the get-go. But yeah. I yeah. also think that talking about this movie, me being a woman, you being a man, we might have like very differing, not opinions, but like maybe where we're coming from might be very different in terms of yeah. how we approach this movie. So I'm interested to hear more about like how, you know, what else we have to say about this movie. Yeah, I think like for me, like, you know, like you said, this movie came out in 2005, so 16 years ago. Like, we were in college. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reasons why I chose this one, because one, I've seen it a bunch. But two, like, it came at a time when, like, you know, college is such a weird stage for a lot of people. Like, at least for me, it was, like, the first time, like, really, like, talking to girls. And so watching this, I'm like, wow, this is what I got to do? I got to, like, freaking ship some walkie-talkies to somebody and, like, figure <laughs> out a date at Ellis Island? I'm like, damn, this life is hard as a dude. It's like, you watch this stuff, you know, when you're a pretty impressionable, like, 19, 20-year-old, and you're, like... Hmm, this is what life is going to be like after college, right? Like get a job and I'm going to be doing this. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think, so one of the questions I have later on is, are any of the characters relatable or likable? And when I got to that question, I was like, none of these characters are relatable to me. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously this is about a man helping other men approach women. And I don't obviously relate to that being a woman. And <laughs> you're like, I've I just had really... men approach me. That's it. Yeah, I'd, I'll be honest. I've never really approached a man before in terms yeah. of wanting to ask them out. So, and I realize that it is hard to be that person to put yourself on the line and approach a woman out of nowhere just because you find her attractive. You want to get to know her a little bit more. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot we could talk about <laughs> uh, in terms of like a date doctor and the term pickup artist if that's even what you think that hitch is i'm gonna i'm gonna put a pin in that for now but um in terms of other things i didn't like i agree with you there are some things that just didn't age well i have like a few specific things i didn't like i recognize i love romantic comedies i love cheesiness i love romance but this movie was a little too cheesy for me. <laughs> yeah. I found myself eye-rolling, actually, at a few parts of the movie. Namely, when Hitch is, like, giving these quote-unquote toasts. I think it's a scene where Sarah has found out that Hitch is the date doctor. 
And she's like, what should we toast to at his apartment? And he says, Mm -hmm. never lie, steal, cheat, or drink. You know that quote? Yeah, yeah. Then he goes on, like, never lie unless blah, blah, blah. Never steal unless this. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. Is this guy for real? Like, and I literally was eye rolling. But, you know, it comes with the territory. Even his ending speech to her, like, when he's, like, jumping on the car and he was like, I want to be this miserable, whatever. And I'm like... This is so cheesy, but whatever. It's a movie that's supposed to be cheesy, but I'm like, whatever. Like, it's, 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 it is over the top a bit. Yeah. And usually too much cheese is not a problem for me, but I think I had a hard <laughs> time buying in on the cheese in this movie, if that makes any sense. Like, this movie didn't hit on any emotional levels for me. It didn't really pull yeah. at my heartstrings. So I think if I was more invested in the story, I wouldn't mind the cheesiness. Mm. But for some reason, this movie was just a little too cheesy for me. Yeah, I, I didn't think about it. I just thought like they were trying to make this movie like so lighthearted and like easy mm. to digest that like, you know, they made things as like vanilla and like easy to watch. Sure. And so they turned up the cheese. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think this conversation between you and me could go in two interesting ways, I guess. It's just like, yeah, this movie's like very fluffy. It's very silly and entertaining. But on the other hand, I feel like if I really wanted to, we could get into like the nitty gritty of men, women, power dynamics, and really lean into this concept of Hitch being a date doctor. Yeah, I think I feel like it depends. Like I feel like the date doctor has like multiple meanings, right? So like, mm-hmm. there's the people who view him as like, the guy that can get you the opening to get a girl just to like sleep with them. Um, and that's kind of like Vance. And I feel like that's like the, the asshole like view point of it of like, how do you trick a woman to like, like you? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's like the other people who like could look back at like the opening montage or like those three couples. A lot of them are like just friends. And how do you cross that friend barrier without like ruining the friendship, right? Like fall into the abyss and no return sort of thing. Like, you know, how do you hmm. jump ladders? I feel like there's kind of two points of thoughts to that. So like there's one way like when you say pickup artist, right? Like that's like the sleazy, creepy dude that just like picks up girls and, you know, hit it and quit his sort of thing. Or you have the date doctor who like legitimately just helping good guys like Kevin James' character like talk to somebody or get the confidence. Cause, you know, I download the movie so like I can just pause it. But like mm-hmm. when they showed his like brief bio, it was hilarious. Well, first of all, the one of his favorite books is Introduction to Managerial Accounting, which <laughs> as an accounting major myself, I like laughed yeah. out loud. And then secondly, like he also had a book about like how to be more confident. And it's like, OK, yeah, like a lot of times it's like he's basically just talking to guys who like don't have the confidence to talk to girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes across as them being shy, awkward, not like desirable, basically for like the opposite sex. So it kind of tries to show in the movie both ways of how a date doctor can be used. And they're heavily pushing toward like the good side, right? He's like helping good people. And that's why he like his whole business is referral based. And he kind of pre-screens you by Googling you and, you know, Mm -hmm. asking you some interesting questions and he can walk away if he doesn't feel comfortable. So I feel like they try to keep it away from the sleazy side. Yeah, and I, I think that's obviously the the right thing to have done. <laughs> and I appreciate that they kind of were very clear in writing the character of Hitch. Like, he clearly could have been this asshole guy just setting up guys to, like, you know, as they say, hit it and quit it. But Hitch, I think we're rooting for him because we know that he's coming from a genuine place of wanting to help these guys just find the courage and the confidence in themselves to approach these women. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's interesting that you say, like, you know, this movie 2005, we were in college, and, 
you know, you didn't have a lot of dating experience at that age. So you as, oh gosh, how old were we in 2005? I'm not, I'm not going to say it, but you know, when we were in college, (laughs) you know, we were at that point, maybe looking to put ourselves out there a little bit more. And we see this movie and you're like, oh, maybe this, maybe this is really a real world way of how to approach women is to like, maybe hire a date doctor and like really use this movie as having tips and tricks of how to pick up women in a genuine way. Yeah. Impressionable, as you say. Yeah, I, I get I totally get that. And also this is 2005, right? So this is before like apps and like mm-hmm. match.com, Tinder, any of that stuff was popular. So like it was the only way to like kind of meet people was either through some sort of like social activity or go to a bar. And so there was like so many times you go to a bar and they even the whole thing they talk about like where do you put your hand to like you know it's like is that a friend hand or is that a creepy hand or this is like i'm interested hand and i remember like you know silly things like that i'm like oh wow i definitely did that at a bar before and i was like shit put it too high i was definitely i did the friend hand son of a gun (laughs) like what am i doing yeah and you know i i gotta say i kind of empathize that guys really have to as hitch says like you have one opportunity to like make this work or fail. And it's a lot of pressure. I think it really painted that picture of like, yeah, it's hard to approach the opposite sex sometimes. Maybe not sometimes, a lot of the times. I feel like, you know, like you said, this movie came out so long ago and we were young and impressionable. Like we've had, I know as me as a dude, like we've had talks about like, all right, when you meet a girl, our philosophy was that she'll either put you on one of two ladders, right? Like Mm -hmm. the dateable ladder or like the friend ladder. And, like, as you get to know each other, it's, like, if you were to imagine, like, the ladders are next to each other to start. But then as you, like, get to know each other further and better, like, the ladders just get further apart. Basically, like, 45 degree angles the opposite direction, right? Mm-hmm. If you're just on the friend ladder, you basically have to have a giant leap of faith <laughs> to go to the dateable ladder. Or mm-hmm. you fall into the pit of no return, which is then, like, it's just so awkward and... You know, like your friendship's kind of over. And so like, yeah, like, kind of what you're saying, like you have like one shot. Otherwise, then say goodbye sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I think after seeing this movie at the age that I'm at now, I it's entertaining because I'm like, oh, I'm not in that boat anymore. Like, thank God. But yeah, this is like I could think a, a real concern for a lot of people out there. So I get it. Yeah. I mean, like, we're two happily married people now. So, like, it's just funny to look back and be like, yeah, you know, back when I was single, <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. thinking a lot of the same stuff. Being like, damn it, this is a, it's never going to happen and sort of thing. Just Yeah, it's like a moment. Yeah, it's it's moments of despair. And you're like, this can't be like my forever. But things pass. It, things get better. Yeah, you're stupid in your 20s. <laughs> right. But it's also just like. You got to put yourself out there, which is, you know, a very big theme that happens in a lot of these films is just you got to be yourself and you got to put yourself out there. Are there other things that you didn't like about the movie? Because I have a few other things. Uh, You can go ahead. So Eva Mendez, I'm not a huge fan of hers. And I don't know if that's a hot take. She hasn't really acted in the past six, seven years. I think the last film on her IMDb is from 2014. And I was trying to think like what other films I've seen with her. And I think it was like Too Fast, Too Furious and this yep. movie. So <laughs> um, my like relationship is, yeah, my relationship with her is very slim and they're both very silly movies. But yeah, I just don't love her in this movie. I'm not sure if it's because of the character of Sarah or I just don't think that just think that she's not a very good actress, which I feel bad saying out loud, but <laughs> 
I'm not sure who else I would have casted uh, opposite Will Smith, but you know, I guess I got to give her credit because she does kind of hold her own against Will Smith, who is like mega, mega star. So, you know, she, she did fine. I just don't think she's that good of an actress or maybe it's the script's fault. I don't know. I mean, I I feel like for her character, I mean, she's supposed to come across as someone who's like a gossip columnist. And so like, whenever I think of gossip columnists, I think about like that character in Harry Potter who like writes a bunch of readers. (laughs) And so like, that's like the character that like people hate, right? Because he just writes bullshit and like ruins people's lives, which is I feel like what usually so it's like the normal trope that gossip columnists come at. So like the fact that even though she's a gossip columnist, that you still like her as a person, mm-hmm. I feel like spoke to how likable Eva Mendes was as like a you know her character. I feel like that profession always gets shit on on any sort of like publication or like mainstream media. Like no one wants to be that role, right? Because you're like looking for dirt everywhere. <laughs> yeah, like you're not a real quote unquote journalist. Yeah. You know, like, you don't have to worry. Like, he even says, though, she's like, I don't have to say facts. Like, I just make stuff up. Yeah, that's true. I have another scene that I didn't like is actually the meet cute that they have at the bar between Sarah and Hitch. And maybe this is why I just am lukewarm about this movie. I don't like that scene. I just don't like the way that they meet. I don't think it's cute. And like, they talk about themselves in the third person. I'm like, no one talks like that. It was a little ridiculous. I think that maybe the script was trying to be too cute. And I was just like, this, no, this isn't working for me. I feel like watching in 2021 classes, like if you were her and you (laughs) met a guy at a bar and told her that your name is Michelle and like he then Googled you and sent you like walkie talkies at like your workplace like the next day, like would you find that cute or like creepy as hell? (laughs) Oh my gosh, you just reminded me. Um, I will share an anecdote of my my life when I was single. And I'm not sure if I've told you this story before, but I went on a date with a guy um, who I met out like partying one night. We got drinks after work one day and I told him the company I worked for. And the next day <laughs> there was a box of chocolates on my office desk uh, sent to me from this guy. And I was immediately like, who would send me chocolates? And I was like, it's got to be him. But also, like, how the hell does he know my office? And it was just a lot of feelings. I was like, I'm excited, I guess, to get chocolates. But also, this is kind of creepy. Also, like, do I want to see this guy again? I'm not sure. But he must have gone through a lot of, maybe not a lot, but he had to go through some effort to find out where I worked and the office and the floor. I don't know. It was just kind of weird. Ultimately, I did not end up with this guy but (laughs) i have to say it was the first time that kind of thing happened to me and years later i'm not sure how i feel about it yeah i mean it's i mean i get it's a movie it's not real life but like it's just funny because yeah anecdotally i did something similar oh you did yeah like i i was at a bar and i met a girl and she said she worked somewhere like near where i lived and she was a pharmacist, so she, like, worked on, like, Saturdays or Sundays or something. And we, I don't know, we were talking about something, and she talked about how, like, she really liked getting a drink from this one place. And so I was like, oh, like, when's the next Saturday you're working? And she mentioned, like, I don't know, like, the next Saturday. And so I was like, all right, I'll note to self. So, like, that next Saturday, I went to the place where she likes the drinks. I bought one for her and one for me. And then I showed up at where she worked at the pharmacy because it was near my house. 
she, she saw me come in with like two drinks. She was like, what the F? Uh, so I gave it to her and I was like, oh, like, can you take like a 15 minute break just to like, you know, drink and hang out. And she was like, uh, it was like, clearly she did not expect me to like actually like follow Aww. through with it. And so I was like, shit. <laughs> but I was like, well, I'm going to quickly leave and just go home and cry. But I was like, yeah, that's not what I imagined what happened in my head. But I mean, hey, it's a funny story now. So did you see this girl again? I didn't see her again until many, many years later at like a mutual friend's wedding. Oh, no way. And then I saw her and then I was like, hello. <laughs> I haven't seen you <laughs> since I gave you a drink, like whatever it was. And like probably like 10 years later, like I was like, hi. <laughs> oh, Ming. Oh, my gosh. That's that's really sweet. It's funny because we're coming at it from two different per- – I was the receiver and you were yeah. the one who sent it. That's why I was curious in your perspective because I feel like you had kind of the same reaction that this girl did. It was like, well, this guy's coming on way too strong and like way too aggressive. And I was like, yep, let's not do that again. Uh, yeah, in the moment, I think I felt special. I was like, wow, he really went through some efforts to figure out where, you know, I worked and to send me chocolates and stuff like that. But also to like, I guess it's less creepy that he sent it to work versus my apartment because why would he know where I lived? <laughs> but at the yeah. same time, it's in front of my coworkers, right? So it's like, ooh, Michelle, like who sent you chocolates? And then I have to just be like, oh my gosh, I went on a date with this guy yesterday. I didn't even tell him where I worked, but I think I went out with him again after this, so clearly... Kind of worked. <laughs> it worked, I guess. Yeah. But I, I think I still, like, teetered with, like, is this creepy? But... Yeah, yeah, because it was the same thing in the movie, right? Like, she's, like, on the walkie-talkie with him, and all of her coworkers are looking, listening in, yeah, and they're like, yeah. do it, do it, go, go. And I'm like, damn, they're, like, so, like, pushy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, that's really funny. I didn't know that you did that. Yeah, I told my wife that story and she laughed. And then I told her that like the quintessential thing was that like it was close to my house, but I, I didn't want to drive there because I had to pay for parking. <laughs> yeah. So instead I took the bus because I had an unlimited bus pass. Uh-huh. And so I like saved money. And she was like, I would laugh that like you literally like was on the bus holding these two drinks, you know, for whatever many stops and then getting off, going, dropping it off. And then after like leaving dejected, you just like took the bus home. <laughs> and I was like, yep. That was me because I was too cheap to pay for parking. I'm going to give you some credit because I, I think that was very big of you to do that. And especially since you were like asking her, you know, when are you working and I'll bring it. So she, I feel like yeah. she should have expected it. But I guess it's still disarming to show up at someone's work. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure her coworkers are probably like, who the hell is this random dude dropping you off? Yeah, like? <laughs> yeah. Well, Ming, I guess the silver lining to this is just that we're both happily married. So we don't ever have to be put those situations ever again those awkward yeah. moments i like to think of it now i have hilarious stories of telling them from my 20s yeah yeah now we can look back and laugh at it all right so i mentioned earlier some themes um in in terms of like being yourself i feel like is a very common thread that a lot of these rom-coms include you know in terms of this movie albert's goofiness is actually what ends up having allegra fall for him you know like at the end we see allegra being like oh you hitch you trained him to to do this and that because you did your research well and hitch is like no that's (laughs) all albert (laughs) yeah so to me it just proves like yeah you just gotta be yourself that's that's how good things happen yeah like you can't you can't have a real relationship with like lies on everything. So like, that's kind of, I feel like what the, one of the things was, you know, it's like, Hey, like if you want to be in a real relationship, you got to be real. Mm-hmm. 
kind of like, I think he even says that to one of the guys. He's like, no, 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 the most important thing is to be you. Mm-hmm. The you right now is like a slightly muted version of the real you, but that's just kind of like hook her in, right? You chose these shoes. You look good in these shoes sort of thing. Like give a little pep talk. You know, at the end of the day, like you can't show how weird and quirky you are immediately. Um, you kind of have to reel them in a little bit first before showing you know, how like weird you clearly are. And then hopefully they like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I I was trying to think, like, has this characterization of, like, this date doctor, has this aged well? And everything that Hitch was saying to his clients, I don't think he's wrong, you know? like, and I was like, it's very practical advice. Yeah, and it's true that when you go out on a date, you kind of have this one opportunity to really, like, shine and be your best self. Otherwise, there's not going to be a date two or a date three, you know, more or less. Yeah. And even some of the advice he says, like, you know, like, oh, like, tonight's all about winning over the best friend. And it's like the best mm-hmm. friend has a lot of say into, like, what she thinks of you. And, like, you know, a lot of girls will always want, you know, their best friend's sign of a seal of approval before, like, moving on with a guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That happened with me and my wife. Like, when we first started dating, like, it was, like, kind of a random story. But, like, her best friend came over. They were having drinks. And they're like, you know, call this guy over. Come have him come over. I want to meet him. And so she was there. Her best friend was there with her husband. And when I walked through the door, it was just one of those like small world things because like her husband and I played basketball earlier that day. <laughs> oh. And so where I came in, I was like, yo, what the? He was like, huh? And then I was like, you guys know each other? We're like, we just played basketball this morning. That's How so do you funny. guys know each other? And they're like, that's my wife who's her best friend. <laughs> and I was like, wow. what the? And then she was like, you know the guy you're regarding? I was like, yeah. She's like, that's her brother. And I was like, what the hell? It's like such a small world. And so like. You know, that made us start off really easy. And, like, I feel like I got her seal of approval because, I mean, I'm married to her now. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, that was, like, a random, like, thing where, like, you know, I could tell that they were both kind of, they were all kind of drunk because they were just drinking one night. And they're like, call him up, have him come over. So I just mm-hmm. came over and we just continued to have more drinks. And that was, that was a night. So I definitely think, like, that uh, advice from, like, Hitch, like, you know, like, yeah, you got to win over the best friend. Like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And other things that Hitch says, like, make sure you listen, which sounds so (laughs) silly and like obvious and common sense. But I think that maybe, you know, that's a helpful reminder is to not compliment her, her appearance necessarily, but to actually listen to what she's saying. Solid advice. I guess these are things that one learns through dating experience. Yeah, for sure. And even like stuff you're saying is like, don't stare at her mouth. Cause then when he, she asks you a question, the only thing you're going to say is you have a nice mouth. Yeah. Or, like, don't just imagine her naked. It's, like, you know, obviously these are things that, like, guys do. But Mm -hmm. if they get caught, you know, that's, like you said, you have that one chance. So, like, try to avoid getting caught doing something stupid off the bat. Yeah, for sure. And, like, side note, the whole kiss scene between Hitch and Albert on the stoop, Mm -hmm. I come 90, you come 10. I was like, oh, is that, like, a rule? Like, I didn't know if Hitch is just making this up. And I like the fact he's like, if the girl jingles her keys, like, mm. that's her sign. You know, if she's ready to go home, she'll just have him out, put him in the door. Okay, bye. Like, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, she's lingering. She's like thinking. I was like, oh, I should think yep. about that. <laughs> yeah. Like, these are like, I think, real life practical situations that Hitch yeah. actually has uh, advice on, which I thought yeah. is, yeah, it's kind of entertaining. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've definitely ruined that moment where I'm like, you know, we'll get a cab or something and I'll like go to her place first and then drop her off, make sure she gets home safe. But then I'm like, oh, snap, the cab's still here. Okay, bye. And I run back to the cab like, <laughs> and I even think about it. And I'm like, stupid. But hindsight, uh, whatever. Now it's funny to think about it. 
Yeah, that is funny. Other other themes that you picked up? I think a lot of it is like beauty is, is more than skin deep. There's a lot of beautiful people on the inside. Kevin James's character, like, you know, he's not the quintessential like hunk that like a person like Allegra Cole would like mm-hmm. go for. But like he's such a beautiful person on the inside. You know, there's a lot of beautiful people on the inside with just a harder shell on the outside of crack or not as pretty the outside. So and vice versa. You see beautiful people on the outside with terrible insides. Mm. I feel like the inner beauty is more important than outer beauty. Yeah, 100%. That's a that's a good one. Yeah, Kevin James as Albert really was perfect, I think, actually. I didn't watch King of Queens, which I think the show he was on for a really, really long time. Yeah. So I didn't really, like, get his humor, but I know that he works with Adam Sandler a lot, so he's in a lot of his films, which are so silly but still fun. He was really endearing as this character who is a little chubby and clumsy, but just has a heart of gold. Exactly. So do you have any favorite scenes? Uh, For sure, it's got to be the dancing scene. <laughs> for sure, the dancing scene, 100%. I feel like that's like the iconic scene from this movie, right? Like, if you just show the dancing scene for like five seconds, people are like, hitch. Yeah. You just yep. know. I've definitely have used some of those moves at the club. Like... <laughs> I've definitely used the Q-tip and throw it away, Q-tip, throw it away. Like Some of these other moves that I'm like definitely have stolen and used at the club. So it's definitely like my favorite and most iconic scene of the movie. A thousand percent. Agree with you. This is the best scene, hands down. Uh, so Frank, my husband, you know, he's not a great dancer. I feel like at the beginning of our relationship, we referenced this movie a lot. It was like, you live here, 90 degrees, just like your elbows here, just like side <laughs> yeah. to side. Don't try Six to build a fire the waist. or yeah. make the pizza. Just yeah. you live here. So yeah, that this just really is a great scene. Yeah. And I feel like because he went to Taft, like such a summer camp, that's kind of really silly. Those moves have like expanded. And so... Mm-hmm. I don't know, I haven't been back in a long time, but even when I did, like, people were doing moves that were, like, very similar to what Kevin mm-hmm. James does. And I'm like, it's nice. It's like, it's something like just being silly and crazy. It's still, like, it's still fun. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just a testament to Albert Brenneman. Just classically goofy guy. Yeah. It's just the confidence that he has in it. He's like, that's the one thing I'm not worried about. He's yes, like, so confident. <laughs> He's like, oh, next topic. <laughs> That was like, that was like the best part. Yeah. Yeah. So good. I will say the second favorite scene I have is Hitch having the allergic reaction. Yeah. I kind of forgot about this scene. Uh, He plays the loopy character really well and how he swells up and he's just like drinking the Benadryl out of a straw as he and Sarah are walking around. It it was endearing. It was really cute. Yeah. And I feel like the same thing. If he did like screenshots of like Kevin James, like just dancing, it's like, boom, clearly Hitch. He took a screenshot of like Hitch with his face all blown up. It's like, yep, mm-hmm. clearly Hitch. But mm-hmm. I forgot the after part where like she's kind of like trying to sneakily like ask him questions and like because he's so loopy that he's like well, can tell the truth. That I'm like, oh, I forgot that she's like kind of playing a deplorable character trait of like she's still mm. working him <laughs> um, to yeah. get you know what she wants. I just remember him being crazy with a terrible reaction. Yeah, yeah, because at that point Sarah is actually trying to hunt down the date doctor. So, yeah, you're right. All right, so let's move on to WTF moments. Yeah. So these are the plot holes and the most unrealistic moments, which I, I realize there are a lot in this movie, but I've only, <laughs> I only caught like a few. But why don't you kick us off? 
Well, I think another like funny scene that's like very memorable from the movie that like is definitely a WTF moment is like the first time Allegra and Kevin James meet. <laughs> you know, she opens the door, he's behind the door and yes. hiding. And then she's like, Oh, do you have a pen? And also like, you know, he puts one, he like sticks his arm out, puts it in his pocket. He's like, Oh yes, I do, and gives it to her. Like, yeah. there's no way, like He's behind the door. He can't see that she's not looking. It's like, how creepy would that be if she's like, I'm looking for a pen. And also I see this like random arm come out from behind the door and put it back. I mean, it's obviously a movie gag, but it's yeah. just like that definitely would never happen in real life. I loved that scene, actually. I think I am pretty sure I LOL'd because there's the physical comedy of Albert and Hitch and just like Albert just losing his shit. Yeah. I like forgot that he quit his job, actually. You know, shock and awe. He was like, you told me to shock and awe. So he like quit his job. Yeah. But yeah, the pen thing, that, that was perfect. So good. Yeah. And also like, there's no way that if he's a junior accountant on the role, like he would be in the boardroom with her. Like, mm. if she's coming for a monthly checkup to see how rich she still is, like, it would be with, like, two or three people max, not, like, 17 in that room. Ooh, interesting. Like, do you think it? she has so many people in the room because she's so rich? Like, has so much money? Yeah. As a, I mean, every single person manages different parts of mm. her, like, fortune. Got it. Because they're, like, choosing which investments to do. So some are in some areas, some are in other areas, and that's probably what each person does. But, like, if she were to come in, she wouldn't be in this massive boardroom with that many people. He wouldn't get exposure like that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Agree. There were a lot of people in that room. Yeah. So one of my WTF moments is, what is it? It's the disastrous first date after Ellis Island. Hitch mm -hmm. puts Sarah in a cab, right? And his shirt gets caught in the cab. <laughs> we clearly see his shirt being ripped up. But Sarah then returns the shirt intact from the dry cleaner. And like it, it becomes like this thing that she tries to give him at least twice um, before he finally gets it back. But I was just like, this shirt would be ripped up in, in shreds. Yeah. It's just a small WTF moment I caught. Yeah, I remember thinking when I first watched it, I was like, wait, they had it at the cooking place and then they don't have it mm -hmm. when they're walking around. I was like, oh, I wrote that down. Then I was like, oh, her boss took it and like gave it back to yeah. Um, Fast forward to the end. Why is Casey, who's the best friend, Sarah's best friend, why is Casey at Allegra and Albert's wedding? Yeah, I thought about that too. I was like, how many plus ones did they get? <laughs> like, right, what? because like there's no overlap in terms of these relationships. Yeah, like Allegra doesn't know who Casey is like at all. Yeah, nor does Albert know who Casey is. So I was just like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, although I do love the guy that comes over, how like thin his nose is. I was like, wow, how does he breathe? Oh, I didn't notice how thin his nose is. You mean like the guy that the the grandma's son or something? Or, yeah, yeah, the grandson, the grandson that son? comes over. Yeah, like his nostrils are like not even like an eighth of an inch wide. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I was just like, oh, this guy looks like typical brat boy. Yeah, he looks like an Abercrombie and Fitch model. Exactly. That's <laughs> the best way to put it. Um, but those were honestly the only WTF moments I have, which I'm surprised by. But did you catch any others? I think for me, I think it's just kind of a rom-com trope. But like, you know, every time you have a rom-com, they have one weird date and one like kind of weird date, but it's always something crazy. By the third date, they're like saying I love you to each other. <laughs> I mean, it's normal for a rom-com, but like to have them both say that sort of thing, it's like, what? <laughs> okay. Good catch. Good catch. Yes. And then um, same with Allegra. Like she's a celebrity. She knows you can get photos of like why 
would her for her like a second date would be going to a Knicks game. Mm. I feel like that doesn't make any sense. Like <laughs> she should be something more private since she knows she's going to like be paparazzi all the time. Yeah, isn't that like a date to go on if you want to be seen? Yeah, exactly. You go to like announce your oh we're dating now, so we're going to go to a game together, and people are going to be like, oh, they're together. As right. opposed to like, why would you bring this like random accountant to a Knicks game where he's going to like get photographed and people are going to be like, who's Albert Brenneman? Interesting. I'm just realizing now, do we ever know why Allegra is famous? She's like supposed to be an heiress or something. I don't know, actually. That's a good question. Yeah, we are introduced to her as a celebrity, but like a celebrity of what? Is she an actress? Is she just an heir? Yeah, an heiress. I think you're right. I think she is an heiress. But I'm wondering like, Maybe she doesn't know how famous she is, so she doesn't know that cameras will be at the Knicks game. I mean, that's a stretch. I, You know, don't get me wrong, but (laughs) maybe her intentions aren't to be like, hey, I'm public with this guy. It's just like, oh, I'm going to go to a Knicks game and I realize there'll be photographers, but whatever. Yeah. And I mean, like someone who's supposed to be that rich, right? Like they drop her off at her like massive mansion in New York City. Mm. There's no way that she can't be like, I want half a million dollars. I had to like beg for it. Like, eh. mm. I was like, yeah, that, that should just be like, okay, here you go. Right. And even so, like just taking a cab, I was like, I feel like if you're that rich, you have a driver. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agree <laughs> so with it's you. the question of how rich is she? Because she's like taking a normal yellow 10 New York cab back home. And I feel like there's probably a gate. And like bodyguards and security and being like, no, you can't pull up right here. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Who? So the actress is played by Amber Valletta. Yeah. So I'm not really familiar with her. And to be honest with you, I don't think she's that great of an actress in this movie. But I don't think I that think they she's needed a like an eight. Yeah, she's a supermodel. So, and I'm just trying to think, like, could they have casted this movie with a better actress? And they probably could have, but. I guess they didn't really need to either because she's just such a side character. I mean, I guess this is Will Smith's movie. So that's where they spent all their dollars in the movie. (laughs) Got to pay Will Smith. I'm sure Will Smith made a ton. Um, So let's talk the ending. What are your thoughts? Are you happy with how things kind of tied up at the end? Uh, I mean, it's very predictable for a rom-com. I think we're talking about the cheesiness of it. You know, like Mm -hmm. how they always have to give some huge monologue speech about like, how much they care and how because I feel like Will Smith kind of does a speech where like talks about how like you know he wants to be miserable with them and I feel like Ryan Gosling did a way better one in the notebook Mm. in the rain I do like the little twist they did at the end where like he's doing all that stuff and then like uh her sister's husband comes out I thought that was a nice yeah I thought that was that was clever I feel like the guy that played it was like hey UK like right up in her face like that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it was a little too close. Physically. Yeah, like if that was like my sister-in-law, I'd be like, I would not be doing that. Yeah, a little too intimate for sure. Yeah, I was like, that's weird, but whatever. Like it's a movie, but still, yeah. I thought it was a nice little added twist that they added in. But still, it was just very predictable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you about the speech, and I don't love it. Which you know, I alluded to earlier. I just like eye roll, eye roll. And usually, like, I yeah. love the grand gestures. I love the moment where the couples resolve the conflict and come together. Yeah. But it, this just didn't work for me. And I think maybe because Sarah isn't necessarily that likable herself yeah. as a character, and Will, I'm sorry, Hitch puts himself out there. But I don't know. I just I can't put my finger on it. I just I, the speech is so it's just too much. Too much. Like, I, I don't feel like it's coming from the heart. 
Yeah, and I mean, even like when, you know, she exposes him, she goes to like apologize to him. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was just like a weird scene just because like he's such a charming guy and also he just instantly becomes a child and was like, no, bye. And like, (laughs) clams up. (laughs) I'm just like, "Eh, all right. Like he's like such a smooth talking operator, but like instant something goes wrong. He's like, you know, he's a baby. You know, I'm realizing that maybe I like this movie more for Albert. Like, the relationship between Hitch and Albert and Hitch helping Albert out with Allegra. I don't think I care about Hitch and Sarah. Yeah, I don't think I really care about her. Like, that secondary love thing is kind of like, whatever. Yeah, and I'm realizing that I think I found the first half of the movie way more enjoyable than the second half. Yeah, for sure. Huh, I just had this epiphany. Yeah, I just... <laughs> the The story between Hitch and Sarah doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah, because I feel like that's just needed to, like, bring the story's arc through. Because you mm-hmm. needed Casey to, like, to expose Vance. And so that's why they needed that to keep going. But, like, I thought that, yeah, like, I didn't, I didn't really care for Sarah and Alex's relationship. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it was like, you know, hey, they like each other. And they, like, have some wit and humor to their conversation. And then all of a sudden they're, like, in love. I was like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. yeah they share like one anecdote about you know her sister and that's the only kind of depth they get to share with each other but yeah it it just seems like very fast and very convenient as per usual yeah i mean it's it's a rom-com so i mean what do you expect yeah (laughs) but the final scene i actually really do like it i like that it ends with allegra and albert getting married and the soul train dance i thought that was just very appropriate for like the tone and the silliness of this movie it's just fun yeah, I like the fact that, like, it shows that Hitch is now helping women, too. So, like, with Casey, like, mm. it, like you know, he's he's expanded his business. Um, yes. So, like, I'm sure business will be great and they can afford. They'll be in the house next door to Allegra and uh, Kevin James's character. Yeah, uh, that's actually one of my questions is, do you think Hitch and Sarah stay together? But also, I'm actually more curious about Hitch and his career. Like, do you think that he hurts um, after being exposed with Allegra and Albert? Or do you think business will thrive after, you know, his identity goes public? I think business will thrive. Like you said, his uh, his business model was 100% referral-based. You know, being a consultant, I'm sure, like, you know, whatever he charges, like, if he's doing one client for, like, however many months it is that he's with Albert, like, there's no way he's making that much money. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got to have multiple clients. So, like, I mean, who knows if... You know, being exposed now, he's going to have like too many clients to be able to give a good product. But I'm sure his like numbers will go up. His quantity will go up. Who knows about the quality? Sure. Yeah, I agree with you, though. I actually think his business will thrive because like he has success stories like Albert and Allegra are married now. Yeah, that was a great one of my favorite lines was like she threw out. She's like, yeah, you know, hire him. He can get you Paris Hilton. It's like, yep. (laughs) Oh, man. 2005. What a moment. But do you think Hitch and Sarah stay together? Uh, if, like, this was real life, I would say no. I would think that, like, their careers would be too different. And, like, they would spend too much time apart. Especially because she has to stay out till 4 in the morning, like, at the gossip scene and stuff. Like, she won't have time to be in, like, a relationship sort of thing. And, you know, he's doing stuff all the time. And so it's just like, yeah, is he ready to give up his, like, single life for a girl that's, like, not really around all the time? Because she's working too. Hmm. I feel like something's got to give and that's not going to that's not going to be conducive to a long-term relationship. Yeah. Okay. You thought very practically about that in terms of like time spent and everything. For me, I was just like, I don't know if they make it. Like I, I'm not a hundred percent that they stay together. And like the cynical part of me is just like, I don't think they last. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I don't think they last. I'm just thinking, like, if for her career to thrive, she needs to be out and about, you know, getting dirt. Yeah. And his career to thrive needs to be out and about with them. So, like, I don't know how they can stay together with still two thriving careers. And if one has to give up the career, I feel like it would just be, like, such bitterness in their relationship. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. I mentioned at the top of this that this movie is the third highest grossing rom-com. Yeah, what's one and two? So one and two is Big Fat Greek Wedding. And I forget the other. I can find out right now. Hang on. (laughs) It's What Women Want. What? With Mel Gibson? So you're familiar with that movie? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess that speaks to a certain time as well. That movie came out in 2000. Wow. You and I both gave this movie a 6.5. So what do you think? Do you think this movie is beloved? I would say so. I think it's beloved. I feel like what would qualify to make a movie beloved is like having an iconic scenes. You know, like you think about like Harry Met Sally. It's that diner scene of her faking orgasm. When you think of Hitch, you think of that dancing scene. I feel like it's pretty iconic that like no other movie like has done that. That scene as memorably as Hitch. Mm-hmm. that's true i feel like that's what makes it stand the test of time is like having that iconic scene that like people know like even if you've never seen harry met sally but if someone says like i'll have what she's having you're like yep i know that's from mm-hmm. harry met sally and i feel like if you just do a q-tip dance it'd be like that's from hitch <laughs> yeah i think i agree with you that it is beloved but part of me is just like but why like why is this the third highest grossing rom-com is it because it's will smith but I mean, how the hell is what women want the second highest grossing rom-com? <laughs> like, yeah. Also, like my source, by the way, is Entertainment Weekly. So and this came out in 2019, this article. So not that long ago. So I'm assuming that these are still yeah. accurate. I mean, I, I pulled another website called The Real Rundown and it's the same thing. Hmm. Number three is Hitch. I just I'm wondering, like, why? I think it just is because of Will Smith, like action star Will Smith. Everyone knows who he is. And I don't think, like, Eva Mendez was the draw to this movie, like... No, for sure not. It was definitely Will. I think that it's kind of a common tale, this whole... This age-old tale of men needing to be the, believe in themselves. And maybe this is, like, a, a theme and reminder that we all really respond to. And this movie is really light and fluffy. And it's kind of feel-good, I guess. You know, like, the goofy guy gets the beautiful heiress so maybe there's something to that as well like if we're just ourselves then we can get the woman of our dreams right right like the commoner can get like the unattainable celebrity exactly but even just looking at like will smith like looking at his imdb like in 2001 he did ali which is a few which he won an oscar for right and then he like did men in black 2 bad boys 2 I robot like he was hot and hitch is like the next big movie he did so i feel like he was still you know mega a-list yeah i mean one of my actual observations is that i think this is the only rom-com that he's done in his entire imdb list (laughs) it's mostly like drama like ali or like comedy and like or action but this is the only rom-com and i'm curious to understand like why hasn't he touched this genre again because he was very successful in doing this movie yeah good call yeah i never really thought about him as a rom-com kind of guy which makes sense because he only done it once yeah hmm i think of him from like bad boys and independence day which is what i remember him from and the fresh yeah, prince exactly we have mentioned a few times now that this movie hasn't particularly aged well in some parts but 
Like, what do you think would be done differently if this movie were to be made today? Um, there would be more diversity in the couples. So, like, the, yes. the kind of saying earlier, like, the opening scenes, like, two white people, two black people, and an Asian and a white person. Like, for mm-hmm. sure, there would be some sort of gay couple. There would be, you know, a lot of more interracial mixing. Mm-hmm. The whole, like, that kissing scene that's, like, very famous of them going 90 and 10, like, that was meant to play for laughs of going forward, which, like, I feel like, you know, in 2021, like, that wouldn't be funny anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the reason why that scene still makes me laugh, though, is just because Albert is so earnest in this scene. He's just, like, really going for it. Yeah. The fact that it's man and man is not why it's funny. It's just mostly how Kevin James delivers this this performance in this scene. It was just LOL. It was very yeah. cute. But agree with you. I agree with you 100% though. I just think like that's not a longer taboo, you know, sort of thing. So Right, right. The way that, that Hitch done. reacts is a little over the top. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you that I think maybe Hitch would actually be advising, as you said, he helps out Casey at the end, but I think he'd have more men and women clients. Yeah, and he, he only helps men. And the first question he always asks is, so tell me about her. So it's kind of very like heteronormative in the sense that you just assume that the guy's into a girl and all that stuff. But yeah, I think that with the times, Hitch would be helping out a lot of different people. Yeah, the kids like Doorman was the first gay guy in the movie that was like, mm. oh, like, can you help me with like, uh, you know, my boyfriend or, you know, pick a restaurant or something. And I was like, oh, that was pretty progressive for the times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I, I don't think I gave this movie enough credit for its diversity being, you know, black and a Latina lead, but yeah. I, I gotta give them credit. All right, well, let's move on to trivia. Apparently, Will Smith is the one who suggested Kevin James for the role of Albert because he was a fan of the show King of Queens. And I'm sure you probably know this, but Kevin James made up all his own dance moves for the <laughs> scene where Albert is dancing in Hitch's apartment, which is genius of Kevin James. I opinion. did not know that, actually. <laughs> um, apparently, Eva Mendez was in Will Smith's Miami music video. She was lip syncing at the beginning of the video, which I actually haven't revisited, so maybe I should. But Will Smith actually didn't remember her being in the video when they met for this movie. <laughs> and I mentioned to you earlier that it was supposed to be a black female lead until the producers decided they didn't want it to be two black leads, but the actress who plays Will Smith's ex-girlfriend in college was actually supposed to be the lead in this movie, uh, Cressida. Yeah, sad. <laughs> yeah, sad. Um, but in terms of casting of Sarah Miles, there were other actresses up for the role, including Jennifer Lopez and Cameron Diaz. Interesting. I think it would be really weird to see Jennifer Lopez in that role. <laughs> yeah, I could see more J-Lo than Cameron Diaz, just because I think the character of Sarah isn't... Well, let me rephrase. When I think of Cameron Diaz, I think of something that's really funny and, like, physical comedy. But mm-hmm. for me, the character of Sarah, like, that's not written to be that in this in this story. Yeah, I don't know when Something About Mary came out, but, like, I'm sure it came out before Hitch. Mm-hmm, yeah. I feel like it wouldn't have hit as hard with having Cameron Diaz in that role, since I feel like yeah. that's a pretty iconic role for her. Yeah, it works. I think Eva Mendes works because she's not as famous as Will Smith. Exactly, exactly. I feel like she was like a fresh face that people can yeah. like instantly like. Yeah. And I found this really randomly. Um, the stoop in which Hitch and Albert have their first kiss, or not their first kiss, but have their kiss, is yeah. apparently 
Um, Sarah Jessica Parker's brownstone. Oh. <laughs> so random. Sarah's like, can we film? She's like, yeah, I won't be home. Just use it. <laughs> so what I found was they didn't have a permit, apparently, to like film this kissing stoop scene. So they were literally just knocking on doors in the West Village being like, hey, do you mind if we film here? And they knock, They happened to knock on SJP's door and she answered the door and was like, sure, you can film here. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact. Um, they have a scene in that from a restaurant called Rice to Riches. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, when I visited New York, wanted to eat there because of this movie. So I yes. went to go eat there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we may have gone there together. Yeah, I think I was like, I'm pretty sure it was like you, me, and Vince or something. Like, because I think there's photos of us like eating it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like when I saw this movie again yesterday, I was like, oh, I remember this place. And I was like, I don't even know if I like rice pudding. Yeah, it's a very specific place to go. For one thing, and I don't I'm know. Pretty if sure it's because I visited, and I was like, I want to eat here, and you guys were like, okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a thing. Yeah, like for sure. That's all the trivia I have. I'm just so shocked that What Women Want was the second highest grossing rom <laughs> Have you seen that movie? Yeah, and the sad thing is, I've seen What Men Want with Taraji P Henson. Oh no way! I actually haven't seen that. Do you recommend it's it? Pretty terrible. <laughs> but I mean, I I thought like what women want was like kind of stupid at the time, but just I just can't believe it made that much money. Yeah, I think that just says something about Mel Gibson and maybe Helen Hunt, but maybe more Mel Gibson. Yeah, I guess maybe it was a sign of the times. Like I don't know what the timing of you know when that falls in his like IMDb page. I'm assuming before he was a controversial figure. So <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, maybe I don't. Yeah, I'm a little shocked. I, I agree with you that that is very surprising that that is the second highest grossing rom com. <laughs> there are definitely other movies that are much better than oh, that. That movie. came out in 2000. Crazy. Yeah. Well, good for him, I guess. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was a unique thought process. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna have to revisit that movie. It's been a, it's been a minute. But I think we can wrap it up here. Um, do you have any last takes or anything else to add before we sign off? My favorite character is is Jeff, uh, Sarah's gay coworker. Oh my he, like They say his name one time, but yes. I had to look him up on IMDb to see. But yeah, he's by far my favorite character. Wait, why? He's got to try to act straight to like get him to show himself. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly. I'm pretty sure he says like she's this, and then he says he later, and she's and that's when Hitch is like, "Yeah, you're mm. making this up." Yeah, <laughs> he smells something real fishy, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think just think that he has a lot of the best one-liners, and you know, he's, he's Sarah's gay best friend, you know, like and coworker. So I, I feel like every scene he was in, he like illuminated. <laughs> in terms of favorite character, I'm going with Albert. He just brought the laughs because if you think about, I mean. I don't know if this movie is actually that funny, you know, like, no, yeah, yeah. I would I would say it's more romantic than comedy. Yeah. And I, I just I, I think that every time Kevin James is on screen, he just he's so lovable. He made me laugh. And I really was rooting for him 100% from the beginning to the end. And I'm so glad that he gets his woman at the end. So yeah, I kind of laughed at like him being a nerd just means he's like clumsy and like a heavier set man and like kind of just goofy. And that's like mm-hmm. him being really nerdy. And undesirable. Hmm. Are you saying that they they should have made him more undesirable? Nah. I don't, I mean I don't know. Like I I feel like um by him being all those things that made him like likable. I don't know. It's it's obviously it's a movie, but like 
there's no way like a supermodel would end up with kind of a guy like that in terms of real life. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, but you know, as you say that maybe she's just into the the nerdy, silly, clumsy kind of guy and like beauty is skin deep. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, she lays it all out for Hitch at the end, right? Like, you know, how she can't dance and she's clumsy mm-hmm. too or something. But like, I we never saw any of that. <laughs> the whole... Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all in all, this movie is like fun. And I'm glad that I was able to revisit this. Yeah. To, to talk about it with you. But I think maybe because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm a woman. So it, the relatability factor for me didn't hit as much yeah but yeah you know it's still entertaining will smith is classic will smith yeah no for sure i think this this movie just epitomizes his likability everyone just Mm -hmm. wants to be will smith yeah agree well cool i think that wraps it up on hitch ming thank you for doing this i really appreciate you taking the time no thank you for having me back on Thank you to all tuning in to another episode of Romcom Weekly. You can follow us on Instagram at Romcom Weekly, and please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And let us know what you think of this movie, Hitch. What would you rate this on a scale from one to ten? And we'll chat with you again next week. Bye. 